And we shall 
beautiful song. Take your Bibles this morning. Turn to John chapter 12. We will get there eventually. Okay? I'm going to tell you that much. We'll get there eventually. You think in three weeks' time, we celebrate Easter, the most holiest day of the year. You know, people say, well, what about Christmas? Christmas is a very holy day where we celebrate the promise of a gift. And I think the difference why people get more excited about Christmas than they do Easter, because Christmas is a promise of hope. Easter is a reminder of a judgment. Risen Lord, who one day said he's coming back. And that's a promise. He rose victorious that day. You think his sacrifice accepted the fellowship for man restored as Paul said in Romans chapter 4, verse 25, he says, Who was delivered for our offenses and raised again for our justification. Jesus stepped out of the grave to justify us that we might be able to go back to the Father. You know, he said there was no other way. And I think that's one thing a lot of people forget. Here it is, Easter, and, and people have tried to change Easter and what it means. That's like we just had St. Patrick's Day. And, and you think St. Patrick's Day is the day to celebrate what St. What Patrick did to, to bring Christianity to Ireland. It has nothing to do with leprechauns, red beers, beer, or anything like that. It's about a celebration of salvation. And look what the world's done to it. And they're trying to do the same thing to Easter. How many of y'all remember Easter's of old when you got up and you put on your Sunday best, you came to church? Hey, that was sometime, it was one time of the year we saw some people. Amen. Now, evidently, their, 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 their faith is stronger than mine because I don't know about y'all, not being here Wednesday night because of the, the weather has me all confused all week long. I need to come to the house of the Lord. I need the fellowship. I need the worship. I need the ability to recharge. Not being able to do that, it, it, it gets to me. And there's those that I guess they go a year at a time and be charged up enough to make it through the year. Not me, amen. I need a little bit more. We celebrate on coming Easter the resurrection of Jesus Christ. We celebrate because he says this. He said, John chapter 14, verse 19, he says, Because I live, you will also live. Amen. You think about how awesome that is. The everlasting life that we, we talk about as Christians is based on the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Jesus told the woman at the well in John chapter 11, verse 25, he said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth on me, though he were dead, yet he shall live. Amen. That's the promise we have because of Jesus Christ. And we ought to be excited about Easter as it's coming up. Paul wrote this. He said this. Think about this. Paul said in John in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 14, he says, For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them which are asleep in Jesus will God bring with him. So it's a promise. Amen. It's a promise that those who've gone on before us will one day come back with the Lord. Those of us that are waiting, he'll come and get. Amen. We ought to be excited. That's what Easter's about. It's about the resurrection. It's about the promise. It's the thing that Jesus said he would do. Now, now listen to this. And Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 20, he said, but now Christ is risen from the dead and become the first fruits of them that slept. So I ask you this morning, are you prepared for Easter? Are you prepared for Easter? 
Now, only one way to be prepared for Easter and to truly understand it is to know that the Lord died on the cross for you. Is He your Lord and Savior? You know, if you died today, what does His death, burial, and resurrection mean to you? That's the best way to ask. And you say, well, you know, do you know beyond a shadow of a doubt you're going to heaven? This morning, everybody that's here, all you that are watching, ask the question, do you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that if you were to take your last breath, then, you know, in today and time, we see that happening more and more. If you were to take your last breath, where would you spend eternity? Because you will spend eternity somewhere else. When you die here, that's not just it. You don't just fade into nothingness. You're going to one or two places. And that's, uh, that's the truth. You say, well, that's a little mean. That's a little judgmental. I'm not being judgmental. I'm telling you the truth. I'm telling you this because I want you to go to heaven. I want you to know beyond a shadow of a doubt that you're going. L listen to this. In Matthew chapter 7, verses 20 through 7, Jesus said this. He said, not everyone that says to, unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. But he that doth the will of my Father, which is in heaven. Many will say in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? In thy name have we not cast out devils? In thy name done many wonderful works. But then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. Do you hear what he said? There's going to be people who say, well, I went to church. Mom and daddy taught Sunday school. My grandfather was a deacon. They did all this. Let me tell you something. What somebody else did is not what gets you to heaven. Sitting in a church choir don't get you to heaven. Sitting in a church pew don't get you to heaven. I know one guy found out the hard way standing behind the pulpit don't get you to heaven. It's knowing who Jesus Christ is that gets you to heaven. Listen to what Jesus said. As he continued on, verse 24, he said, Therefore, whosoever is hearing these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will like him, liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon the rock. The rains descended and the flood came, the winds blew and beat upon that house, and it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. Everyone that hears these sayings of mine and doeth them not, shall be like another foolish man which built his house upon the sand. The rains descended, the floods came, the winds blew and beat upon that house and it fell. And great was the fall of it. So again, I ask you this morning, do you know Jesus? Is he more to you than just somebody that you know and you, you come to church is he your Lord and Savior? I heard a testimony this week of a, of a young boy who said that he, he was from another country and they, every Sunday they went to church. And his mama had took him to church. His daddy went to church. And he says, we got there and he said it was a revival time. He said, so all of us little boys sat on the back row. 
He said, we sat on the back row, and you know why they sat on the back row? So that they wouldn't, couldn't be seen by mom and dad. They can do whatever they wanted. He says, I, he says, I don't know what the preacher preached on. He said, but he said something that day that got my attention. And the preacher said, just because you're in the house of the Lord, don't make you saved. Just because mama say, don't make you saved. You've got to decide. You've got to know if Jesus is Lord of your life. He said, I couldn't tell you any verses he quoted. I couldn't tell you anything, but that got my attention. He said, so I sat there. He said, and the man went on and on and on. And he said, but I knew something wasn't right. When they gave the altar call, he said, I got up and he saw all my friends going, where are you going? You're going to get us in trouble. He said, but I had to do, I had to know. I had to make sure. He said, I never, I'd prayed a prayer. I'd walked down the aisle because mama wanted me to. I did it because everybody expected me to. He said, but you know what? I didn't do it because I needed to or wanted to. I didn't know who Jesus was. I knew all about him. But I never met him face to face. See, Paul said in Romans 10, 9 and 10, he said, Thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus. And a lot of us has done that. We've said it. But the thing comes back to be prepared for, for Easter did you do the next part and shall believe it in thine heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. You've got to believe what you say. Not that mama saved you. Not that come to church saved you. He said in verse 10, he said, for with the heart man believeth unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Starts here. It ends here. But you've got to have it in your heart. See, when you have it in your heart, you know. You know. Oh, Satan tries his best. And you can ask anybody who's been saved, Satan tries to make you think, well, I'm not. Because he'll tell you things, well, if you were saved, you wouldn't do that. If you were saved, you wouldn't think that. But let me ask you, what does your heart say? Do you know? Do you know that you was a sinner and that you needed to be saved? You got to be willing to repent and turn from sin. Bill, I found out one thing. We are sinful by nature, but as a child of God, sinning ought to bother you. You know, well, the, the preacher I heard one time said that he, had, he, he, he took a job at a church and started off working with kids and worshiping and doing things. And he said, I just remember when I started, I was dating a girl. He said, I had to give my testimony for a job at a church that was wanting to hire me as their pastor. He said, I had to tell them they want to know when I got saved. And he says, I couldn't think about it. He says, all I know, I started getting excited about church when I was dating that girl. What year was that? 
He said, then I, as I sat there in the chair, I got to thinking. He says, it bothered me. He said, they liked me. They wanted me to be their pastor. And he said, they asked if I'd preach that Sunday. I said, yes. And he said, in the story, he says, I got ready. He said, the more, more and more as I prepared, it bothered me. It bothered me. He said, so that Sunday morning as I was getting ready to go to church, the Lord spoke to me and he says, the reason it bothers you, because think of what doesn't bother you. He said, sin didn't bother me. He said, I made excuses for what I did. He said, but what bothered me that morning was Jesus. He says, I remember saying words, but never meaning words. He said, I was the first one there that morning. And I stopped at the altar and asked Jesus into my heart. I surrendered my life. He says, so as people started coming in the church, I'm up there crying. And I thought, oh, this is going to be good. He said, so I stood behind the pulpit and I told him, I've lived a life of a lie. But now I know Jesus. I found him this morning. I understand who he is. Today he's my Lord and Savior. He says, I withdraw my name as pastor. He said, I'm saved. I'm a babe in Christ. He says, after it was all said and done that day and we left, he said, one old man come up to me and said, you know, pastors are better when they're saved. <laughs> Do you know the Lord today? Do you know you can't get to heaven without him? Do you believe that Christ died on the cross for you? If you do and you're here with us or you're watching, I want you to pray a prayer with me. It's simple mm -hmm. like this. Dear Lord, I know I'm a sinner. I know I need you. I know you died on the cross for me. Come into my heart and make me a new creature. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for caring about me when no one else would. Save me. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, I urge you to see me after service or, or send me a message. Give me a call. Because you know Easter means nothing to the lost. But to the child of God, it's everything. Take your Bible this morning. Turn to John chapter 12, verses 1 through 7. Jesus, before his crucifixion, says, Then Jesus, six days before the Passover, came to Bethany, where Lazarus, which had been dead, whom he raised from the dead. There they made a supper. Mark the serve, but Lazarus was one of them that sat at the table with him. Then Mary took a pound of ointment of spinkner, very costly, and anointed the feet of Jesus wiped his feet with her hair 
and the house was filled with the odor of the ointment. Then one of the disciples, Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, which should betray him, why was this not this ointment sold for 300 pence and given to the poor? This he said, not that he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief and he had the bag and bear what was put in there. And Jesus said, let her alone against the day of my burying has she kept this. Mary came that day to prepare Jesus. She came to show, show through her actions how we ought to be prepared when we come into the presence of the Lord. You, you think of what she did. She gave a sacrifice of praise that morning. How did you come today when you came to see Jesus? Because that's the reason why we come to the house of the Lord is because to see Jesus. People say, well, he's not in the building. No, he's not in the building, but his spirit is in the people. Because you are a temple of the Holy Spirit. Two or more gathered in his name, he's in the midst of us. So we're here to see him. I want you to look at what she did. She came humbly. When a guest would enter into a person's home in Jesus' day, usually the guest's feet were washed with water. And the guest, you know, they, the, they'd pour the head on, on the head of the guest. They'd put a little dab of perfume or oil. That was customary. But look what, but Mary used this precious ointment on the feet of Jesus. She did something that the most lowly slave would do. The humility, you think about this. She rushed in with all this ointment that you would normally just put a drop on someone's head and put it on the feet of Jesus, got on her hands and knees, took her hair and washed the feet of her Lord. So we don't realize how humbly she approached God. And that ought to be our, our way we come with our hearts humble before the Lord. You know, Jesus taught us on that. In Luke chapter 18, verse 10 through 14, he, he gave us a wonderful story. He says this, two men went to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other the publican. And the Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself, God, I thank thee that I'm not as other men are, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even as this publican. I fast twice in the week. I give tithes of all that I possess. And the publican standing afar off would not lift up his eyes so much as unto heaven. He smote his breast saying, God be merciful to me, a sinner. Jesus said, I tell you, this man went down to the house justified rather than the other. For everyone that exalted himself shall be a base and he that humbleth himself shall be exalted. This morning, which one are the two of you today? I know every one of us would say, you know, I'm the publican. I come humbly. But when you look in the mirror, what do you see? More of us see, should see the Pharisee. I see that a lot in myself. 
And I thought about this. God gave me a question. When was the last time, Steve, you went to the altar? When was the last time you went to the altar? See, a lot of us won't go. Why? Because, well, we'll make excuses. We'll, preacher, I'm, I got all cries and getting down, and it is hard getting down and getting up. But besides Jimmy, nobody else sits on the front row. You think about it, when was the last time you humbled yourself enough to stand before people to say, I have an issue that I need my Savior for? More times we're more like the publican. Say, no, I'm good. You know, we, we ought to come and bring our sins, confess our sins to them, and every one of us has got them. Or bring your problems. Since we don't do it, the words of Jesus ought to scare us to death when he said in Luke 9, verse 26, Whosoever shall be ashamed of me or of my words, of him shall the Son of Man be ashamed when he shall come in his glory and in his fathers with his holy angels. How many of us are so prideful that we won't get up and come and can you imagine what it would be like when we stand before the Lord and he says, why didn't you come? Why didn't you step out? Why didn't you obey? He told us in Micah what he wanted us to do in Micah 6, 8. He said, he showed thee, old man, what is good, what the Lord do require thee, but to do justly, to love mercy, and walk humbly with thy God. Have you been humble? With the Lord. Next thing we, we see is that in her gift that she did, it was remarkably extreme. You notice that? She used a lot of it. Like I said, they normally put a dot, just a drop, just enough to smell. She used a pound on his feet. You know, they were... they. they G Judas tells us it was worth a, a 300 denarii. You know, that was a year's wages in that time. Why did she waste it, he said. Think of you say, ask yourself this. When you serve the Lord, does it cost you anything? We've gotten comfortable with being Christians, haven't we? We've become very comfortable and we said we sit church and we fit it in with everything else instead of fitting everything else in with worship, fitting everything else in with God. <coughs> we fit it in. <coughs> Jesus said this in Matthew 16, 24. He said this. He said unto his disciples. If any man will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it. And whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. 
For what is it a man profit if he gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? You know, we think more when we hear those verses, we focus, focus more on take up his cross and we think, oh, that's that burden I got to carry. And a lot of us do. We have burdens. Some of us, you think about it, you got, you might have a strained relationship, a thankless job. You might have a physical illness you got to carry. And, and, you know, and, and it's not easy to do that. It's not easy to serve. How many of you say, well, I can't do what I used to do? Anybody say that? You know, think about this. I, I remember I used to do a lot of stuff. I can't do it anymore. But what's your burden? As God said, take it up. Follow me. You know, sometimes we, we get caught up on it, but you, you got to realize what he was talking about. Take up that burden and follow me. It means be, be willing to die in order to serve the Lord. Some of us, the problem is, is we, we're afraid to die even to our own self. You know, you know what dying to your own self is? It's absolute surrender to God. Lord, here I am. Send me. Lord, here I am. Use me. Well, if he wants to send me off to be a missionary. So, you know, I think that's the fair, scariest thing in anybody's mind. If I start serving the Lord, I'm going to get excited. He's going to send me to some country. I can't even speak the language and eat the food and make me serve. Well, what if all he wants you to do is to, to, to pick up trash off the floor? What if what he wants you to do is be an encourager to people? When was the last time you, you, you encouraged somebody, you lifted somebody up? I, I know people who encourage folks. I get calls from cards that are given with my name on it. Thank you. I didn't do nothing, but you're welcome. Jesus says, what good is it for a man to gain the whole world and yet lose or forfeit his very soul? Sometimes we're too worried about what it's going to cost me to serve. What? Oh, I don't want to do it. And here Mary came with this, this, this ointment. You ever thought about something else? She was a female. They didn't get money. Yet she had a pound of it. A pound of precious ointment. She could have sold and lived for a year. But instead, she humbly came and gave this extreme gift to Jesus it's better for you Lord maybe your time's better for him than it is for you how many times do we think man I wasted that day you realize once you have it you can't get it back Satan uses a lot of things to kind of keep us focused on the wrong thing you know, we put too many irons in the fire we pursue things of vanity or, or things that we want. Paul said in Romans chapter 12, verse 2, he says, Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. 
Be not conformed. You know, if we were conformed to this world, we'd worry about the stuff we have and the things we're doing. We'd want to keep up with the Joneses. Well, I'll go ahead and tell you, uh, it's all the Joneses, and they've told me they ain't got none, so quit trying to catch them. Another thing about it, some of us, we, we spend more time looking back to what we used to do. Luke 9, verse 62, Jesus said, and he said unto him, no man having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. And I found myself this week doing that. Looking back, well, I remember when, I remember when, I remember when, and God said, well, that's when, what about now? It's then, what are you doing now besides whining? You know, how many times we miss blessings because we keep looking backwards? In Isaiah 119 says, If you be willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. You gotta be willing and obedient to do it, not looking back. <coughs> no, being too busy, but willing and obedient. And that gift she gave, this is my last one. It was remarkably unselfconscious. See, women did not let their hair down in public. It was a disgrace. But she didn't care. The feet of her Lord were more important. She wiped the oil. I want to share a quote with you. It says, you're not what others think you are. You are what God knows you are. So this morning, the words of Paul tells us what we need to be. Paul told Timothy when he was writing to him the second time, he says, when I remember the unfeigned faith that is in thee. It takes faith, y'all. To do what she did, to come to the Lord, to be prepared for Easter, it takes faith. How's your faith this morning? Sometimes it's wore out. Sometimes it's heavy. Sometimes we really let it down and Satan attacks. Sometimes it needs to be picked back up. Sometimes we need to do what David said in Psalms 51.10. Cry out and say, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me are you prepared for Easter or are you prepared for the world every head bowed every eye closed heavenly father lord as we come to you this morning I thank you for the gift of grace the power of faith and father I pray that this morning with me Create a clean heart in me.
Give me that right spirit that I need. Lord, restore the joy of my salvation. And Lord, start with me. And Lord, I know this morning there are those that are here. There are those that are watching. Father, we've allowed ourselves to be conformed by the world. And we need to have that right mind in us. Take up our cross and follow you daily. Some of us just need some encouragement. Some of us just need to come to you. Because it's been a long time. So Father, have your way during this time of invitation. Lord, speak to hearts. In the Lord's name I pray. Amen.